Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to exchange some of the latest news, views and a bit of timely advice on all matters gardening. Later on in the podcast, I'll be speaking to Matt Oliver, described as the uh, fruit and veg horticulturist at uh, Hyde Hall Gardens in Essex. Boy, what he doesn't know about vegetables is not worth knowing. My thanks to our sponsor this week, Sutton's Seeds of Torquay. They're interesting times. I certainly don't remember a spring like it. Things are so early. In the front garden, I've got a clump of uh, the blue Wedgwood Dutch iris that would normally flower about the uh, 10th or 14th of May. We used to use them at the very earliest uh, May county flower shows. But this year, it's out uh, third week in April. Uh, Some things seem to be uh, pretty well as usual and other things way in advance. I'm sitting here in the polytunnel chatting to you and the temperature is 37 degrees centigrade. That's 100 Fahrenheit. Boy, I do love the warmth on my back. But uh, it's been very cold at night. We've had uh, frosts on too many nights through April. There doesn't appear to be any fruit at all on the apricot tree. But the very early plum that was in full flower a good month ago, that has got a fair set of uh, young plums developing. Uh, If only the pigeons would leave them alone, there's always something uh, causing us consternation. But I was very pleased this week uh, in the polytunnel again to pick my first sweet peas. (laughs) That shows that summer's coming. But there again, I wouldn't normally be picking sweet peas until, uh, I would think, uh, the first or second week of May. So we're very early once again with those. Trying to keep up with the news is always uh, demanding because things change so quickly. I mean, on the 21st of uh, April, there were new plant health regulations coming in which uh, prohibit the import of uh, both coffee plants and uh, one of the very decorative uh, polygalas. 
and there are stricter regulations too on the import of uh, olive, almond, nerium oleander, rosemary and lavender, all set to keep out the uh, dreaded cyana disease. Boy, I hope they're successful. And then, of course, the specialist nurseries, especially those growing bedding and seasonal crops, are in all kinds of difficulties with the uh, social distancing and closure of garden centres. I was pleased to see that uh, our second largest nursery, uh, Newey Limited, with big areas of glass down on the south coast, is at last getting plant orders from DIY retailers and supermarkets. And while the DEFRA Secretary of State uh, has acknowledged the lockdown has had an impact on specialist growers, he gives no hint uh, to uh, a reopening date for centres. I mean, on the continent, uh, a number of countries do have garden centres open. And I think with the correct kind of customer control making sure they have full social distancing and shopping in the open air. It should be possible and sensible to get those garden centres opening once again. But, I mean, we have completely new businesses just occurring in a matter of weeks. They're called plant delivery pop-ups, <laughs> where uh, people have been uh, put out of work for some reason. They've just gone online offering collections of plants and giving pretty good service and delivery. Matthew Skinner, for example, with his uh, Hope Plants, reached 3 million people in just a matter of weeks and now has 20 followers. He offers collections of plants. Gardeners can see the collection online. If they like the look of it, then they place an order and within two hours, in some cases, their orders are picked up from the wholesale nursery and delivered. Matthew already has uh, 14 or 15 drivers flying about making these deliveries. And then what about strawberries? Uh, there's uh, Hugh Lowe Farms in Kent. They produce 33 tonnes of strawberries every year for Wimbledon. Uh, and this year, of course, there's no Wimbledon. They're hopeful that uh, we'll sit at home and eat the strawberries rather than sitting at Wimbledon. The subject of strawberries, too, is uh, <laughs> on the Q&A programme. I was asked, how long will strawberry plants last? The gardener had some that were five years old. I would think the chances are that if you have had strawberries for five years, it won't be the originals. The uh, mother plants will have produced runners, and the runners will be what's growing and flowering now, and the chances are the originals will have died out. And there's no reason why you, you shouldn't keep the strawberries going, so to speak, as long as they are healthy and not being affected by pests. There are virus diseases that are spread by aphis on strawberries. Uh, and if you do see the leaves getting small and rather yellow, then your best bet really is to uh, strip those out and start afresh. But if the leaves are nice and green, good size, 
and the plants are flowering, well then, yes, stick with them. Those cold nights worry me a bit because uh, certainly four or so weeks ago I saw the first strawberry flowers, white petals and yellow centre, frosted. And if there has been a radiation frost, you can tell pretty easily because the centre of the flower goes black. And once it does, I'm afraid that flower won't produce a fruit. But the chances are there'll be other flowers. Uh, and it's uh, really unusual for a whole crop to be whipped out by frost. If there's uh, someone listening who's uh, having a go at growing their own for the first time, well then strawberries can be a very satisfying uh, crop to grow. We have a thing called 60-day plants. They're runners, young plants, which have been uh, lifted last autumn, cold stored, just kept through a very long winter and then at this time of the year posted out and if you plant those either into the ground or in containers you must keep them well watered because they absolutely rocket into growth make a lot of root leaf and flower and are in practice cropping in 60 days or so I mean, if you've got a wedding or some kind of celebration and you want fresh strawberries from the garden, well, then through the summer, using 60-day plants, you can pretty well time the crop to the week when you want to pick fruit. You can plant up till early July. And then I'm afraid that 60-day plant season runs out. Then they go back into their normal traditional time uh, and would fruit the next June or July. We do, of course, have the perpetual fruiting strawberries. Uh, uh, most cultivars will, of course, crop from June, July, but the ever-bearers, the autumn-fruiting kind, they will crop from July pretty well through to the frost. Things keep changing, and I've seen some really uh, attractive new ever-bearers with really bright red, crimson red petals on the flowers. So they're both ornamental uh, and food producing. Now if you've got sitting on the windowsill at home a hibiscus, one of those uh, indoor house plants which has great big trumpet flowers, and you've kept it going through the winter and it's now a bit tall and leggy, and uh, not particularly attractive. It's a good time to grit your teeth and cut it right hard back. It will shoot again very quickly, even from bare wood, uh, and will be a much more shapely plant. We'll need a little bit of fresh compost, probably, um, and certainly some feeding. And if uh, it's going to get quite big, as some of them can in larger pots, then it can stand outside on the patio all summer and come in again next September. Like me, <laughs> here in the polytunnel, they love the heat and the warmth. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. 
Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Now, on a very windy hillside <laughs> today, I have as my special guest, Matthew Oliver. Matt, if you look on the internet and under the Royal Horticultural Society's uh, headings, you'll see he's described as horticulturist fruit and veg at the Hyde Hall Gardens in Essex. I think he's um, much more than that. Uh, Matt, I think we met for the first time, was it 2008? Something like that, yes. Uh, 2007, 2008, when I was uh, at college working at the Chelsea Flower Show, yes, when we first met. Because we had several, didn't we, of students who would come and help us both construct the stand and, and then work on it. That's right. I believe there was quite a strong relationship between Rittle College and uh, the Sun newspaper at the time. And when I first started, we initially went along to help build and construct, be involved in the like the, the college stand in the Great Floral Marquee. More often than not, it didn't take long before we got roped into helping you out and working alongside you on the Sun floral display as well, which was a fantastic opportunity for any student, really. But for me, it's definitely when that opportunity presents itself in silly not to throw yourself in the deep end and get stuck in. I mean, who else gets a chance, that chance to work at the biggest flower show in the world? Well, my colleague Steve Bradley, of course, was uh, a lecturer uh, for a number of years at, at Riddle, and, and he seemed to be able to knock students into line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got good, strong memories of Steve and Val and uh, learning lots off of them and uh, being shown the ropes. Yeah, it was, uh, it was great experience as a, a young young student coming into the industry. So Mount, you'd learn just being behind the scenes, seeing how the show gardens were built, seeing how the displays in the, in the floral marquee from the different nurseries and just the, the quality of the plants as well. And, uh, you know, even experiences sort of like um, as a student, you'd have a day being, uh, you'd have to sort of show the judging um, panels around on judging day and, you know, you'd pick up little gems, little nuggets of information off people like Roy Lancaster, you know, people, vast, vast experience in the industry. And, uh, yeah, it was fantastic experience. Re- really loved it. But how did you start, first of all? You know, what, what fired Matt's enthusiasm for growing things? Pretty much like everyone else, really, uh, you know, get involved in the garden with parents and grandparents from a young age, you know, on the allotment as well. You know, both my sets of grandparents had allotments and my dad, you know, earliest gardening memories are probably either pushing the lawnmower around in the garden and planting wallflowers or sowing radishes on my dad's allotment. And yeah, sort of always had that, had that love of it. And when it gets to the time where you kind of got to decide what you want to spend the rest of your life doing, didn't take me long as a teenager to think oh, I don't 
I don't want to be on a train in the rat race and working in an office. I want to be outside growing things. Just that, when you're at that young age, it just takes a little while to admit it to yourself that that's what you want to do. But once uh, once you get into it, there's no there's no going back. I certainly made the right career choice, definitely. And do you have any first memories at, at Riddle? You know, your first day or so? Yeah, I've got strong memories of, of the first day. Obviously, well, a bit like your first day at school, really, quite apprehensive. You know, you're, <laughs> oh, God, how are we going to got to make new friends, get to know people here? You know, it's going to be hard work. But clear memories on the first day in the lecture hall when the principal came in and uh, he, he, he mentioned the line, oh, there's, there's a good chance that people in this room today are going to meet the person that they're going to spend the rest of their life with and that's what one of the things that stood out for me at the time and uh yeah just so turns out that she wasn't in the room that day but uh yeah my my partner of 10 years at the moment uh also went to Rittle and learnt floristry, so there's a shared background there. Well, he certainly forecast what was going to happen. He did for me too, because I met my wife there, of course, in 1954, and yeah, 60 years we were together. That, yeah. That's, that's uh, so amazing, isn't it? Obviously a well-trodden path, but I would hope we're not the only ones. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we're not. No. <laughs> now you're here at Hyde Hall, fantastic vegetable garden. Everybody, when they step into it, you know, you see their jaw open for the first time. The quality that you manage to achieve, again, on a hilltop, heavy clay, really tough climatic conditions. Yeah, yeah no, thank you, Peter. Yes, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you, uh, you think it's uh, a high standard. Yes, yeah, it's not easy. It's very exposed. I find the southwesterly winds that we're exposed to the, the biggest challenge, probably to a point that, other veg gardens around the country or even in this location in this county probably wouldn't have to work around those conditions that that's definitely the thing that i struggle with the most and and hot and dry you know i mean our rainfall very low and just at present trying to raise seedlings and and uh definitely in my time you know i've I've been at Hyde Hall 10 years now and I, i would say we are seeing consistently uh longer periods of dry of drought in the summers and and more consistently we we go for weeks of high temperatures you know you're talking 30 celsius plus fairly consistently on most summers now and in some ways that's a challenge but in other ways um for some of the crops i'm expected to grow part of the point of the global growth veg garden is i'm expected to grow unusual edible crops or things you perhaps wouldn't often seen grown or certainly not on a commercial level in this country in some respects growing those unusual things actually the the hotter drier summers you know, that consistent warmth and sunshine actually makes some of those things perhaps slightly easier to grow than i first envisaged yeah so you're thinking things like ladies finger okra yeah okra is definitely one that people come along and see in the glass house and they, they say, oh, wow, this is supposed to be really challenging to grow. How do you do it? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I'll just sow the seed, plant it, and it seems to enjoy it. Um, yeah, okras, melons, as well, watermelons we do. Then outside, you know, lots of, lots of them grow particularly good cucurbits here, squashes and stuff. They seem to love it. Well, now, we can't mention squashes <laughs> without Matthew Oliver... UK champion pumpkin grower, 
What weight was that pumpkin? The heaviest pumpkin I've ever grown was 1,498 pounds. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's... Just short of a tonne. Yeah, what? just short of a tonne, yeah. And that was, that was, 2000 and, that was 2017. Um, and that's a record for the heaviest outdoor grown pumpkin in the UK. So not quite the biggest ever grown. Uh, the biggest ones are under glass, which in my book's cheating. <laughs> but um, yeah, I managed to, I did three years of growing the giant pumpkins and had three or four records in that time. So uh, yeah, real hard work, but proves that... A lot of skill. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's, it's not um, a thing that comes by chance. But Matt, lots of people in the last six or eight weeks are coming to gardening for the first time. What sort of advice when they're growing fruit and veg would you give them for early May? Well, obviously, depending on what part of the country you're in, but I think generally early May, we're starting to head into the time where probably the nights are getting warmer, less chance of frost across most parts of the country. So early May would be when I'd be looking to start sowing more of my tender crops, runner beans, dwarf beans, perhaps my courgettes, my sweet corn. I'll be starting to sow those things either on a windowsill or in your glasshouse, conservatory, something like that. Get the seed in, get the plants up and growing for a couple of weeks and then sort of end of May, early June would be the time we're starting to look to plant those things out. So that's sort of where we are at the moment, getting out of the, the cold weather territory and looking at more some of the summer tender crops. And if you don't have a garden at all and you're growing in containers, things like um, tomatoes and courgettes would be uh, pretty popular with most families. Do you think that that's a good crop to be growing? Definitely, definitely tomatoes in containers. Some of the, the bush varieties, the tumbling varieties in particular, very good for containers. You know, you're looking at small cherry fruits that prolific croppers you know you get a, a lot of return for a small amount of space so definitely those you know tomato plants definitely something that the be- beginner gardener could have a crack at and uh, yeah anything above and beyond that i'd be trying to pick out cultivars varieties of things that have been specifically bred for growing in pots and containers which would normally make smaller plants smaller fruits, those kind of things I'd be looking for. Yeah, I can think of aubergine, pot black, for example. Yeah. But you'll be trialling, won't you, one or two new varieties? Yeah, so up in, uh, up in our glass house in the veg garden this year, we have got new selection of stuff from burpee seeds. We always grow all the classic glasshouse crops in there, so got uh, tomatoes, chilies, melons, cucumbers, uh, a few unusuals like okra, aubergines as well. Yeah, and we've got trying a lot of uh, the new cultivars from Burpee, some of the new releases, as well as some of the long-standing favourites. Um, they're just in the ground now, not quite at a fruiting stage, but <laughs> hopefully they'll, uh, they'll prove, to be, uh, prove to be winning varieties for us. Matt, let's hope that the gardens at Hyde Hall open again to the public soon so that people can get out in the fresh air and actually see just how good fruit and veg can be grown. Yes, can't wait for us to open again. It's, it's, it's not right being closed and having no one here. It's very unusual. So sooner the visitors are back, the better. My thanks to our sponsor this week, Sutton Seeds of Torquay. Also to my producer, Rich, and of course, to you for listening. 
and I end today with a heartfelt appreciation for all the letters, cards and emails received offering your sympathies on Margaret's passing. Roland A. Brown wrote, I don't know whether nice people tend to grow roses or growing roses makes people nice. I'm very lucky to have heard from so many nice people as I cut my first rose of summer from an unpruned climbing rose guinea at the front of the house. Keep safe. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.